everybody. Grab your Bible and a pencil and a journal and maybe even a cup of coffee and join in on our conversation. But first, I would like for you to write this down. Joshua chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. Hey everyone, Happy New Year and welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara, I am Dot's daughter, and we sit down together every week and we talk through truth and scripture together. And we are starting a little series talking about Joshua and it actually really pertains to the new year and how do we you know, move forward and move into a new year and not do the things that we've always done or how do we do things different or how do we trust God to do something new in and through us. So we are really glad that you're here and we would love for you to pull up a chair and join in our conversation. Hey, Kara, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> I don't know yeah, what we're still got a song in our heart. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what can I say? Do you have any New Year's resolutions? Well, it's funny that you would ask that. Um, okay. <laughs> because it was one of the things I was going to talk about. Oh. And since we're having this conversation, I was going to kind of warn you a little bit because whenever you're with someone and you start a conversation, nine out of 10 times that conversation is about things that you've thought about or things that you're going through or things, you know, that's going on in your life at that moment. I've been doing a lot of studying in Joshua. And so it's just been on my mind and a lot Mm -hmm. of things that have been in my head and thoughts. And I thought, you know, when we have these conversations, we just usually talk about what's going on in our lives. And so I would like for us to have a few conversations about Joshua because there's some things that's really been bothering me. And, you know, you just asking me, do I have New Year's resolution. And I was about to say, is this part of your New Year's resolution or what? Yeah, well, no, Joshua is not oh. part of my New Year's resolution. But what is part of my New Year's resolution is nine out of 10 times I say my New Year's resolution is not to make a New Year's resolution. Yes. And I was just talking with someone, just uh, not you, but someone else just the other day. Yeah. And I said, do you have any New Year's resolution? And I said, nope, because I never stick to it. And, you know, and I thought, how many times as people say, I'm just no longer, I'm not going to have any New Year's resolution. We're starting a new year, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to make any promises. There's some kind of statistic with New Year's resolutions. I don't know what it is, but it's like the the percentage of people who actually keep New Year's resolutions Mm -hmm. is, I think it's like 1% or something crazy. I mean, I don't know if that's the actual number, but. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really small. So, I mean, I don't make a New Year's resolutions. I think of like goals, like, oh, I would like to do this or that this year. But I don't, I don't know. I don't think of it as like a New Year's resolution for some reason. I feel like that's just how I live. Like, I just always think of like, oh, I want to do this. And it's me more so, I think of the new year as just like a reset or a restart. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel like my goals for next year, are probably pretty similar to what I wanted to do last year. Which I don't know if that's exactly. depressing or not. <laughs> not that, well, not that I say it like that. I'm like, oh, well. Well, you're kind of feeding into my hands here, here because oh. <laughs> that that is really what I'm getting out of Joshua. I know you're like, oh, how did Joshua get into the New Year's resolution? But the reason when I start to study Joshua, 
you know, remember, they are actually following through to, to God's promises that God promised Moses, you know, 40 years later. And Joshua actually does what Moses did not do, and that is to lead the right. people into the promised land. It's like Moses led them to the promised land, but then Joshua is going to lead them through it. Yes. Well, I, well, I mean, like Moses, jo- like Moses led got them to, around, around because well, he, he they made, wandered around they got and around. To, Mm-hmm. But they got to the yeah they got close just didn't they got enter. close but they didn't get there yeah and, and Maybe I'm just trying I just feel defensive you know I love Moses so I'm just trying to defend my man well, no, I'm not saying Moses was a failure I'm just saying that <laughs> know, Moses did not did not no, he did not no he did it and then Joshua had to come through you know yes. to come through and so we see these chapters and and Joshua the first four chapters really is getting prepared to go into the promised land and they're the first four are really concentrating on getting ready to get into the promised land. The rest of those chapters are how to live there and how to follow through, how to live and be faithful and to be what God wants them to do. So 20 chapters are really about how do I live in this promised land? So so often, you know, as a believer, as a, as a Christian and a follower of Jesus, we often have these commitments of, you know, God, I'm just never going to do this again. Or God, you know, if you just get me out of this situation, I'll never put myself back in this situation or whatever. And then God, you know, maybe comes through or whatever, and we find ourselves back in that same situation. So with the first generation, that's what they do, and they were just wandering around over and over again. But what I would like and what my heart is, is how can we be a follower of Jesus and stop this wandering around and stop just, you know, living this life that we just continue to struggle over and over again? And that's what kind of hits with the, the resolutions. The reason a lot of people do not make New Year's resolutions is like a commitment saying, I'm going to do mm-hmm. something. And, they, and then they find out, you know, by, you know, January 7th, They've already forgotten whatever that resolution was. And, and, right. And I just thought, you know, as believers and as, as a follower of Jesus, we really should be very faithful to what we are committed to do and what we've given our lives and what we've surrendered our lives to. But we continue to struggle. And I'm not saying, you know, that we, you know, as a believer or as a follower of Jesus, we're going to live a perfect life. Of course, we're going to always struggle. But we just get into a place where we make excuses. And mm-hmm. we almost get like— well, I'm just not even, you know, it's just too hard to be a Christian or it's just too mm-hmm. hard to surrender to God. And so we give up. And I believe that it's very interesting that God actually, you know, in these 20 chapters is teaching the people about not giving up, but to to walk in victory and to walk in the truth of who God has. And and so often the first generation had so many, you know, problems. They just didn't, they, ne- they lived their whole life. And never entered in to the promises, never was able to enjoy what God had for them. And I know for me, you know, I'm talked so often about following through and wanting to finish well. But for me, I do think often that I try to envision like if I died tonight, and I know you hate me saying that, oh my but, gosh. It, but I, yeah. I, I, I'm not talking about I'm done. But I'm just saying <laughs> that if I were to die, I just want to know that if is I look at back over my day or my weeks or months, I don't want to go and see Jesus and he'd say, you know, honey, sugar pie, I just had so much more for you, but you didn't mm-hmm. trust me. 
you didn't trust me. And I'm not saying that I think that I can live in this life and never have a problem, never struggle, never sin. I am not saying that at all. But don't you agree, Kara, that we as believers should live a little bit different? That we should live a little bit victorious? I do. I feel like there's so many things in my life, and they're not— I mean, some of them are, you know, important things that have to do with ministry or, you know, what the Lord's mm-hmm. called me to do. But some of them are things that I feel like are personal, but are getting in the way. Like they're not sinful things, but mm-hmm. they're getting in the way of what I feel like God has put on my, you know, heart or what He wants me to do. And I'm looking at 2024 being like, okay, I don't, like, how can I not look at this as another to do? where I come around February, March, April, May, and it's still the same thing. And I think Mm -hmm. so much of it is a heart. It's not just changing the to-do, but changing my heart around it. And I don't know, with my situation specifically, it's not like this huge heart change, but I just don't, I need to stop looking at it as a to-do so that I actually Mm -hmm. do it. And I feel like there's some, I don't know what it is, but I think that has a lot to do with it, which I know looking at the Israelites, that was why their heart issue is what why they didn't go into the promised land. Well, that's true. And I do think that often as as a follower of Jesus, we look at some of the things that God's asked us to do as another thing to do. Instead of looking at um, the things that God is, you know, actually has given us, has pro- the promises that He's given us, and sometimes the things that we have to do that are, you know, Christian principles, Christian disciplines that we do, like pray and read the Bible, instead of looking at that as something to do, looking at it as something that is going to help us to provide for us, that our provision that keeps as we continue to do those things, that's what's going to compel us and and propel us, actually, Mm -hmm. even to move forward. Yeah, it's a change. It's like, how do I change this behavior? And I think that's what gets so difficult about resolutions or even looking at the Israelites. It's there had to be a change. And and looking yes. at my life, I'm like, okay, this, some things need to change. And how do I make this change last and not mm-hmm. get me just to February? <laughs> but yeah, exactly. actually, yeah. And so that's what, and I don't have an answer for that, but I, that's how I see it. Well, you know, I think next week, I think we should have this, continue this conversation too. Sure, I'll be here. Those things, sure. Uh, those <laughs> things are the things that we do helps us to move forward. And so there are some things that we have to do instead of saying, oh, these are just another thing to add to our list. We look at it as these are things that I can put in my life that helps mm-hmm. me to move forward and keeps me from doing the same thing over and over again of the things I don't want to do or I want to, you know, become the person that God created me to be. And so I think that that's one of the things that's that's huge in this. I think what's really, really exciting, and in, in when it starts with Joshua, you know, he says, you know, just, just think about this. What if God showed up? In, in your life right now, and he said to you, okay, I want you to move forward. Just go ahead and take that step, because that's what he tells Joshua. Take that step forward. Just go on and move forward. But then he says this, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I've been with Moses, I'm going to be with you. So in other words, you will not fail. And he said, and I will not fail you, nor will I ever forsake you. So what if you had this New Year's resolution or whatever 
but and you knew you wouldn't fail. What would you accomplish? What would you go after? What would you, you know, do in your life? What what changes would you do in your life if you thought, well, if I were to proceed in this direction or if I were to do this, and you knew without a shadow of a doubt you wouldn't fail in that, what would you do? I think for me, that question is interesting because I think failure is not something I struggle with in terms of when I think of things I want to accomplish, it's not a fear of failure, but I, I, think, I think it is, but it isn't. I think my view of failure is different. Like for me, and not to get too you know, vulnerable, but I struggle with follow through. I struggle with, am I going mm-hmm. to complete this task? Or am I, so I think that's more, and I can be, I can frame that as failure. So, so it's not this, it's not like, oh, I don't know that I can't accomplish this. It's more, I don't know if it's more of like an insecurity, like, do I have what it takes? Which again, could be perceived as failure. Or could I actually complete this task? Or could I complete this, I don't know, whatever thing? Or, and I, so I think that is your, your question. Like, but I think for me, I guess when I hear like, if you don't fail, I hear it as like, oh, you're going to succeed if you do it. But for me, I think it, I don't know. It's like a, it's a different, okay, I don't know if I'm let's making back sense. Up. Okay. You talk about, I don't feel like I, it's really a failure thing, but I feel like I won't follow through. That That's like, that's like saying, you know, the same thing. It, it's the same thing. Yeah, that's what I mean. You, it's like, so I'm processing that out loud. Yeah. yeah it's like, right. then I would fail because I didn't, but it's not like a, oh, I would do it. I wouldn't do it well, which I don't mean that like prideful, but it's like, oh, I just, I don't know that I you would. You just don't think you'd do it. Right. <laughs> like, I won't finish it. So it doesn't matter if you do it well If I did not. it, I would do it awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but if you don't know that because you're not going to do it because you're afraid you won't. So yes. the point of it is, is that God said to, to Joshua, I want you to go and I want you to take that first step. And I want you to rise and you take and where you put your foot, that I'm going to give you that land. And be strong and courageous because I'm going to be with you. You don't be strong and courageous because you're strong and courageous. You're strong and courageous is because you're doing what I'm telling you to do. This is what God is saying to Joshua. You're going to be obedient to me, and I'm promising to follow through. I'm promising to uh, empower you to do it in and through you. So you're actually playing into my hands without even knowing it. (laughs) And the fact that that's why a lot of people do not take that first step is because they don't feel like that they will either do it right or they'll complete mm-hmm. it or what if they did fail or you know what if it what if they take the step of faith and somehow it doesn't turn out the way that they imagine it to be and i think that one of the reasons that people and this is why the israelites never entered into the promised land is because they just didn't trust god to do it in and through them they're looking at their own own abilities or their own gift sets and stuff and if I were to look at and and focus on myself and my abilities, I would not be doing this podcast. I wouldn't do 30% of the things that I, I do. And so I think that that's one of the reasons why we don't follow through and we don't enter in. We don't take that first step. I do think that one of the big obstacles is the fact of that I'm afraid that I won't have what it takes to do what I need to, for it to do. But I just think as I'm reading in Joshua, when God tells Joshua, Moses is gone. Now you've learned from Moses. Moses, my man, that you love, Kara. Yes, You've learned yes, I do. from him. Moses taught. You saw Moses 
uh, do, and you saw Moses obey me, and you saw that I was always with Moses. And so, Joshua, I'm going to always be with you. So I feel like that God was kind of giving him a coach's pep talk right before the Super Bowl <laughs> and was saying, yeah. you know, I'm going to be with you. We're going to do this. We can win. And that's why I think is what's really missing in the Christian life. I feel like so often we not only look at other Christians and and see them and, and decide, oh, they're not living the life. You know, they, they act like they're a Christian. They're just a bit, bunch of hypocrites. Or we look at ourselves and say, you know, I've tried following Jesus. I've tried to do what I felt like was the right thing, and I didn't finish. I didn't, you know, do, I, I, I failed or I sinned. And so you, you know, fall back. But I think as as we look and as we have these conversations mm-hmm. in the next couple of weeks, it's like, how you know, what can God teach us through Joshua's life? We're not Joshua, and we're not going to, you know, promised land. But our promised land, you know, is walking in the promises that God has. So as a New Testament believer, you know, a, a follower of Jesus, Joshua is counterpart with Ephesians. And so Ephesians talks a lot about our inheritance and who we are, and that's what the people were going into the promised land to grab hold of the inheritance that God has. So there are a lot of things that as a follower of Jesus that we do have that we can walk in, and there is such things as a victorious Christian life. But I think we just fail to believe that it is because we look at our lives and think a thousand times that we've fallen and we've come short of what we feel like God's asked, but but I think, you know, as as we continue this conversation in the next couple of weeks, I just think it's something to think about. Like, you know, trusting God. That's what kept them from the promised land is that unbelief. And I think that one of the biggest things of what we struggle with is believing and trusting God to do it in and in through us. It's funny because I, I, so I have a friend that I was talking to not that long ago and the details don't really matter, but she basically knows the Lord's asking her to do something that I want to say that she doesn't want to do. (laughs) (laughs) But I think she doesn't want to do it because she honestly doesn't think that she can. Like she doesn't feel Mm -hmm. like she is not even equipped. Like she doesn't feel like she has the strength to walk in obedience. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, so when I say, I think she genuinely does want to, because I know she loves the Lord, but she will, she will say something along the lines of, I know you would tell me, you know, like trust the Lord, he will do, you know, he will do it through you. But Mm -hmm. it's almost like that. And again, I'm not putting words on her. I don't want to put words in her mouth, but it's as if she's saying, I don't think that's enough. Like, I don't think him doing it through me is going to help. And I think that so many of us, she's just saying it where it's like, I just don't, I don't trust God to be big enough to do this through me because we're so focused on our flesh and what we are capable of that we're not even giving God the chance to come through. And, and it's just, it's, we have had this conversation so many times because it's like, you know, I, I want to say, I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, you, you can't do it, but then you really can't do it if you're going, if you're basically approaching the Holy Spirit to say, I know that you want to do this through me and give me the power and the strength to do this, but I don't think that's going to be enough. Like you're you're going in to the battle saying, we're not going to win. I'm going to fail. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, um, but it's just reminding me a lot of, like, I think it, you know, like I said, I think there's so many times, like I, I listen to her and I'm like, I, you know, I may not 
feel that in this with what you're going through, but I have felt that in so many other areas where it's like we don't give the Holy Spirit the chance to show his power to, you know, come through through us. And we don't, you know, we don't lean into him and preaching to the choir, but I was just thinking about her. Well, you know, I bet I have seen Joshua 1, 9, you know, be strong, be courageous, um, only be strong and courageous and be careful to do, you know, according to the law, you know, what I've told you to do. And I've, I've seen it on T-shirts. I've seen it on plaques. I've seen it on all these things about do not be dismayed. You know, God is with you. And, and we so concentrate because we approach Scripture so selfishly. Because mm-hmm. the emphasis on be strong and be courageous. And so, like your friend is like, well, I can't be strong and courageous. I don't think I got what it takes to, to do mm-hmm. this. And that's what we're talking like about. Like it feels too through. big. Yeah, like it's what she feels like big. God is asking of her is like, I can't right. I can't do that. And I'm like, no, you, I know you, you can't. Really, you, that's right. And you, I you think can't. That that's the key. No, you yeah. can't. And, and, and that's why I say like, in uh, Joshua 1, verse 5, it says, No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I've been with Moses. So God is saying, Joshua, listen, you're not going to be able to do this. But like Moses didn't do it either. You're not mm-hmm. going to be able to do it. This is a lot of people, and this is way beyond what you're going to do. Right. But be strong and courageous because I'm with you. Not mm-hmm. because you're going to be strong and courageous. You're not going to be strong and courageous. Joshua had a strong faith. And that got him and empowered him to do what he, and that's what caused him to be successful. But it was that it says, I will never fail you or forsake you. And I think that we don't trust God because we do think he's going to fail us. We do think he's going to forsake us. And we'll get right. into a hard time and we think we failed or we think that God is gone when the hard times come. And we're going to see next week where it talks about equipping and getting ready for battle. But I think, Kara, as we're in this conversation and you that are listening to us, what does it mean to trust the Holy Spirit to do it in and through you? And I know that that sounds real spiritual and churchy kind of. But mm-hmm. what that really means, if you're following Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit within you. And so I see it, and, and Carol, you may see it differently or do it differently, but the way that I do this when I'm about to go and speak or I'm about mm-hmm. to study or I'm about to do these recordings, I just pray and I say, God, I'm going to trust you to do this in and through me. And you know what? Sometimes when I do it, I've, I'll listen to even the recording. I'm thinking, oh, for the love, that sounded awful. You know what I'm thought? I'm, I'm concentrating on myself. But if I've asked God to do it in and through me, then whatever is the outcome, that's what God intended it to do. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it's just really putting our focus and praying and asking God to do it in and through us and trusting that He will. And I think that that's where the key is. There's no magical thing. You know, they talk about the Holy Spirit in Scripture like wind. Well, I can't see the wind, but I see the evidence of the yeah. wind. When I think it's a depending on what he's asking of you, like the bigger the ask, I think the more you have to lean in. Um, and the more it's like, a, like you're saying, I think it's prayer. I think it's what you're focusing on, you know, like what you're thinking about. And sometimes it's like moment by moment. You know, mm-hmm. like depending it, on, like if it, like I said, like if it's a big enough ask and it's something where it's like, 
you literally have nothing in your mm-hmm. in your flesh or nothing in your natural ability <laughs> to do mm-hmm. it then which i think is probably joshua you know it's like he right. he he might have known what to do with the sword but i don't think he knew how to conquer a land you know he had never done that before or dealing with those all of those people yeah I mean, and he had never couple crossed people. The, mm-hmm. he had never crossed a sea i mean you know he mm-hmm. was about to do things that he had never done before but anyway so i think yeah well like, he did cross he did cross the red sea but he i thought he went and i thought he wasn't yes he was always with them oh uh, since the very he, beginning yeah oh, for some reason i thought he was yeah now he's know. about to cross the Jordan, and gotcha. Moses okay. was there. So he had done that before. <laughs> yeah, he has but. done that. And he saw God work, but haven't we yeah. all seen God work right. time and time again and yeah. forget that he's worked? Well, and I think it's like, and it's like you said, trusting that he will. Because so, mm-hmm. so many times I think it's like my friend being like, okay, well, I'm gonna, I'll, I can ask the Holy Spirit to do this, but you don't think that he's going to. And so then it's like, well, <laughs> and mm-hmm. I, I do that too. So I'm not, I'm talking to myself on that in different ways. But I think it's when you pray and turn your eyes toward him, it's trusting that he will do it. He will part the sea as soon as you put your foot down. And that's the key. That's what I was going to say. I think (laughs) one of the things is just taking that first step. I've heard you say this and I've said it. And, you know, sometimes we just have to take that first step of what we know to do. And it's Mm -hmm. just trusting God. And it's just surrendering. It's just surrender and saying, God, I just want you to do this in and through this. I think we get so caught up in the doing that we forget to pray and ask God to give us the strength to do it. Mm-hmm. And if and if the control, ask, it's like yeah, they let go of the control. And I think that that's I think that's key. But I, I think you know, as I read that first chapter, and I really encourage the people that are in on this conversation as as we go in a couple of weeks to really sit a little bit in Joshua 1, 2, and 3, because I think God is saying to us, as he's saying, you know, to the people, just take the first step. Just trust me. You know, it's, it's a journey. It's a spiritual journey and a step of faith. Just say, God, you know what? I'm just going to take the step that I know to take. And as we just put our foot down and take that step, then God will begin to open up doors and show us to take the next one. But if we sit around on the Red Sea, by the Red Sea, waiting on it to split and waiting on that big miracle, it's not going to happen because it doesn't split until the priest steps into the water. And I think we have to take that first step. So, you know, as you're in on this conversation, I want you to write this down. God is not asking you to be strong and courageous in your own strength. He's asking you to trust Him and to take that one step, go forward. Don't look back. Don't look back into your past and all the times that you failed Him or all the times you were weak. If you just take that first step, you just might be surprised what God might do. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, dotbowen.com. Subscribe, like, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen.